0: they didn't make him the asshole. they didn't make it simple as like oh he's now famous he doesn't want to be with her and I thought it was such a nice thing that it was like he was still in a way trying to hang on to the past and yeah. take take her, her with, with him, him. Yeah. when she didn't want to go yeah. she
1: just
2: didn't want it and that's
1: great that she she was like actually I didn't want to go yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy here
2: I like that Two as a female character yeah. that was the way they took it as well yeah.
1: Welcome one, welcome all to episode 107 of the Flix Watcher podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher podcast. I'm here joined by Edith. Hi, and, and hi Jasper. <laughs>
0: hi. <laughs> <laughs> hello, I don't know who Jasper is, but hello Jasper.
1: And that's Kariad. Yes, hello. And as always, with Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about the film Don't Think Twice.
3: Confine us on Twitter at Flix Visit the website flickswatcher.tv for full listings. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review.
1: And as we always say, guys, all the films were available on Netflix at the time of recording. There was going to be bad language, there's going to be spoilers, and we hope you enjoy it. See you later.
3: Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us today we have Cariad and Edith. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and um, tell them about the work that you do. You go
0: first. <laughs> Thanks.
3: Uh, hi everyone, I'm
0: Cariad. I am a comedian and actor and podcaster, and I host a show called Griefcast. where I interview comedians about their experiences of death and grief, and as I say every time, it's cheerier than it sounds.
1: It is cheerier than it sounds, and it's also, sounds. you haven't sold it that well, because it's like Sorry. the <laughs> biggest podcast ever, winning oh, three, yeah it's like, just swept the boards. It's the, the, the biggest
0: fish. podcast ever made, ever. <laughs> Don't tell no such things a fish, they'll be quite upset. <laughs> or, or I cereal. think that might be, or, yeah, my dad wrote <laughs> one, I think it's quite, they're quite big. Uh, it, it won, it's won awards. It's an award-winning podcast. Award-winning is, podcast. Yeah, which China, yeah. which yeah. is a great thing to say. It's very, yeah, it's very nice. Very nice. Very chuffed. But yeah, I interview comedians uh, uh, and all sorts of people about death and grief. And um, we just talk about it. it. It is not as depressing as it sounds. It's quite fun and uplifting, hopefully.
1: It is. Uh, I've, I've listened to a yeah. lot of the episodes. Many of the episodes. <laughs> I really has, wanted you to like, tough. listen
0: to one. I wasn't sad. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> It was all right. <laughs> One was enough. One was yeah. enough. What? got too much. <laughs> I can't face twice. Um, uh,
1: anyway. How do you actually ask people to come on your rec- it's awkward. people? Yeah, it's awkward.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's tricky because um, what happens, obviously lots of comedians know each other and what happens is they go, oh, do you know Bob? His mum just died. And you're like, what? And they go, do you think he'd want to come on? And you're like, I probably not. His mum's just died. Like, well, I'll, I'll email him. Like, no, please don't do that saying like, I'm hassling. So what's quite nice now is because of the success, I mm-hmm. tend to have people approach me. Great. So that's like much easier because they go, oh, you know, hi, Karen. I actually have a story and I'm like, brilliant. Yeah. I didn't have to sort of be like, oh God, if you mention it, should I? So, so yeah, it's a bit tricky because you don't want to upset. But if people talk about it, if people have been talking about it in other mediums, yeah. then I don't mind writing an email because I feel like, well, you're, you're talking about We're it. we passed so. the six-month thing. It's going to be month? fine yeah, now exactly. <laughs> it should be fine. I mean, Jesus Christ, you wrote a book about it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You should be fine to talk about it. But yeah, it is tricky because you don't, some people do not want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, so, which is totally fair enough. It's not like, yeah. what's wrong with you? So you have to sort of broach. It, it was harder when I first started. Um, yeah. Adam Buxton was one of the first people I, I approached and I sort of knew him but not very well but he'd talked about his dad on his podcast yeah. Yeah. I wrote him an email going you know my, my dad died I'm going to do this podcast like I'd love to talk to you about it and he just wrote he was like yeah are you like professionally trained? <laughs> I was like no no I'm not in any way we just have a chat and he was like oh okay so um, luckily he uh, yeah. he was very kind and came and spoke to me but yeah he'd already been talking about it, so I didn't feel like a kind of you know, ambulance chaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's what you do worry about. But yeah. people do like to text me when they, yeah, they hear died. something's happening. Yeah. It's just like, I don't, it doesn't work like that. I can't just swan up to someone I don't know and be yeah. like,
2: oh, hey. And wider scale than com- comedians as well in terms of, or just comedians. Do
0: you mean it's the people I speak yeah. to? Yeah. Yeah, I have widened it. Yeah, because... There's well, only so many comedians in so, the world. There's only so many comedians <laughs> who've got a good death story, you know, We you run out.
1: What do you, hold on, do you vet them and say, "Ah, oh, it's
2: not that, I, it's not I, that interesting? I, that
0: don't, I don't, I don't. I can you answer um, a
2: quick question here on death for me, please? Yeah. <laughs> if well, you like... answered mostly A's, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can come
0: on. But what's so weird is some people will do, they'll tell you their story and it's like, you know, perhaps it was their, their mum or their dad and they died at home and they were very old and yeah. they'll tell, they'll say to you, oh, it's not very interesting. But then they'll, it's absolutely fascinating, all the stuff around. It doesn't, there's not like, it doesn't have to be like dramatic. Yeah. So it's always interesting. There's always a story. But yeah, I've, I mainly speak to comedians, but I do also speak to sort of writers and improvisers and um, producers, people who work, I would say, in use humour to make their yeah. money. So that's more what I'm interested in. Don't necessarily have to be a stand-up because I'm not a traditional stand-up. So I, I'd hate it just to be stand-up. Yeah. And you do get the old uh, complaint, the old yeah. stand-up complaint because people, fans of podcasts like to complain that they hear the same people. Have you had this? The same podcasts. people. Because if you do love your comedy podcasts, you do get to know them all quite well. <laughs> yeah. But then they're all the people you know. So when do you, you want, want to hear s- more from them? Yeah, but like when you're asking people, you're like, well, I, kn- I know I them because we work together. So, but then yeah. people tweet, oh, carry on another podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Kobe, that might happen. <laughs> that's what's going
1: to happen here. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Edith, can uh, yeah. you tell
1: us about your podcast and your, your broadcasting history?
2: Just quickly though, I've got I've sure. got a necklace around my neck that's got my granddad in it. It's oh. <gasps> she's um, Edith, do you want to come on the podcast? I'd love to. Amazing. <laughs> and I am, um, when people go, oh, we really, like your necklace. That's and amazing. I go and I say to them, oh, it's my granddad. It's his ashes. And they and they kind of sort of go, okay. And then sort of just leave. Wow. It's it really weird that I have this around Whereas my neck. But I would be I love staying it. there. To yeah. To find out more. That's amazing. Yeah, so I have him with me all the time. Oh, yeah. That's so nice. we made a yes. connection. Yeah. My mum gave me that and I treasure it. Yeah. Anyway, my podcast. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no doubt. Um, it's called Soundtracking with Edith Bowman. And I speak to people in the film and TV world about their relationship with music, both in terms of um, professionally and, and how they craft it into their work, uh, but also personally as well. And we've had uh, directors, producers writers, composers, music supervisors, actors on there. So it's quite nice that, you know, a lot of podcasts traditionally used to come out of being a radio show that then went on to a yeah. podcast and the goalposts were always very slim with that because if it didn't fit with the criteria of the radio show then you couldn't have them as a guest and that's one of the what things that I love about being the boss of my podcast is yeah. that I can decide who I have on it's so nice it's isn't it? so nice so I can yeah. have Sarah Bridge who's a new exciting music supervisor to come on and tell us more about the role of a music supervisor
1: I always thought you'd be an excellent music supervisor being a, a huge fan Thanks of film and also Rob, radio DJ. Yeah, yeah, I am.
2: But I mean, this is this is the dream for me, just getting to talk about both, you yeah. know, sort of just, I'm i am so nosy that I just love finding out more stuff about music and film and why you chose that track or why you only put a tiny wee bit of score in there and yeah. all that kind of thing.
1: Because I like how you, like with the Daniel Pemberton one, because yeah. it came to him after Into the Spider-Verse came out and hearing his process was... Amazing. He's to see how, amazing. It's fantastic, isn't it?
2: He's like a kind of he's like a mad wizard. Yeah. You go we I was lucky enough to go to his flat stroke studio which is like if if in Friends they'd had a character who was a composer it would would have been Daniel's house (laughs) because it was like this kind of really cool sort of lofty flat down in near London Bridge that half of it if you put a line down the middle is his living quarters and the other half is like this but there's just so much crap everywhere that it's just this kind of sort of pit of inspiration (laughs) I imagine but yeah
1: um, so we're talking today, Cariad, about the yes. film you chose, which is Don't Think Twice.
2: Don't Think Twice.
1: So can you give us a... <laughs> Not
2: to be mistaken by the Celine Dion song, yeah, Baby I Think, think Twice. I was singing that the other day and
0: my husband said, what's that? He'd never heard it. What? I know. And I sang the whole... I was like, you know... Did you put the I voice on his own? <laughs> yeah, Think Twice, the sick of our love. <laughs> and I was like, you know, think twice twice. <laughs> yeah, and he had never. Anyway, no, don't mistake it with that. Well, yeah. do, but be confused. So, um, yeah,
1: can you tell us why you chose it and a, a two-minute synopsis? Oh, as to two what minutes was it.
0: So, yeah. "Don't Think Twice" is written and directed by Mike Babiglia, uh, which you have to say like that, Babiglia. And uh, it's about an improv comedy troupe in New York and the sort of trials and uh, tribulations of their relationships and when, what happens when people. Move away from working together and being together and getting famous and not getting famous and being in the entertainment industry. And essentially, it's about friendship, I would say. Um, but I chose it because I am an improviser. I'm in a show called Ostentatious. Uh, we do improvised Jane Austen every Monday at the Fortune <laughs> Theatre. And
1: you um, can say it loud, they can.
0: Every Monday at the Fortune Theatre in London's West End. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and I've been doing improv for over 10 years, it's wow. where I started. So, this film for improvisers is very special because we do... It's a bit like podcasting improv. It's a little bit a little bit niche. Some people have heard of it. It's getting a bit more popular, but it's still quite a small world. So when we found out, when the community found out he was doing this film, mm. it, was, it was huge. And they had a screening in London and the London improv community bought up most of the tickets. So we all went to watch it, which was like... It was really special. So when I did see it first in the cinema, it was kind of a very special experience. So that's why I chose it because it's kind of like as if there was a cool podcasting movie we would probably all want to
1: go and watch it absolutely so how close (laughs) is this to your your experiences
0: not close (laughs) sadly not so it's definitely obviously it's very New York and the New York the American scene and the English scene are completely different Mm. so in America and they kind of spoof it on this on the film they call it weekending but obviously it's meant to be Saturday Night Live so in America you have improv theatres in most big cities um, obviously Chicago New York LA and San Francisco
1: UCB, isn't it? Yeah,
0: so they have, um, yeah, Second City is the oldest one. Then you have IO. UCB is still like the new kid on the block. Like these, they're improv schools that have bought you people like Steve Carell, Tina Fey, uh, Amy Poehler, Will Ferrell, you know, like any big. American comedian has done improv and a lot of them start in improv and then they do like, they tour the country doing improv shows. They do cruise ships doing improv shows. They then go to LA, they try and get on Saturday Night Live or they do the Groundlings, which is another school. And, you know, Kristen Wiig came through that as well. Like it's a very clear train uh, and we don't have that. We don't have a Saturday Night Live. We don't have that kind of comedy industry. The only comparison I would say is like we have people gigging and then they might go to Edinburgh and they might get a Radio 4 show or they might get a sitcom. But we don't, there's no improv. Mm. Like I it's a shame, have, isn't it? It in it its a shame. And I've spent, y- I mean, over 10 years with producers being like, sorry, what? You do what? It, imp- improv. Oh, right. Like, who's lying? Yeah, I used to watch that. So we have, <laughs> you know, even though... It, our scene started at exactly the same time and that's the oh, one really? yeah and it's the one problem I have with this film is it, it it makes out that they invented it which is not true it's not true but what's a classic American move to be like yeah. it's Clo- mine. yeah Del Close and Viola Spolin like the introduction was like in the 1950s we made it up it's like you didn't like the exact same thing was happening here with Keith Johnston um, although he then moved to Canada and there's a lot of improv history guys <laughs> um, so that's the one thing it's obviously very focused on the New York scene so it, yeah. in our scene if you were in an improv group trying to get on telly you, why? What are you doing? It's not going to work. Not gonna it's not going to happen. So it's quite nice to watch it in the American version. It really does mean They do go to the improv shows and pick people out to go or audition for Saturday yeah.
1: Night Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a huge thing, isn't it? With, it's huge. It's if you huge. Watch the, like, um... Jerry Seinfeld's comedians and cars getting coffee. Yes. You'll often have a few of the guys have gone on to SNL, and yeah. like the Will Ferrell one was a good one, asking him about his audition yeah. process and everything like that. And
0: yeah. so many auditioned and and you know didn't get onto SNL. So yeah. there's ones like Steve Carell. I had a good podcast with him. I think it was uh, awards chatter, right. talking about working so close to all the SNL people but never getting on. Yeah, and he was, exactly, I know, like never getting the audition or just, he was working with Dana Carvey and they were doing the Dana Carvey show and he just knew everyone on SNL but he never got asked and so, even in there, it's not like guaranteed that you get on test and it's very few people that get, obviously, there's not that many spaces. Um, and I know people from the American scene who, like Miles in the film, had auditions and didn't get it. Or oh, and literally all of their troupe got it. Like it's quite a. If you get to a certain point in improv, it's someone in your in your gang is going.
1: Because that's that was one of the things I found really It's almost cringe worthy at some points yeah. in this film. It's difficult to watch when you see people <laughs> climbing and people or struggling yeah. or yeah, feeling yeah, that yeah. they're not succeeding just because they didn't even they've had the audition and not. And made how they cope with that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's. I would say it's a if you are a performer in any way, you can deeply relate to it. So I don't find it as cringeworthy because I'm like, yep, been there, know that. no, I've been that. I've been Miles and I've been Jack, I've been Sam. Like, I've not gone to the audition because I've been too scared. I've gone and got the job and had everyone pissed off with me. Like, you'll always be at one of those positions. So I think that's why I love it so much.
2: But in the film as well, they used... Uh, obviously a lot of the actors are part of that world but some yes. of them aren't as well are yeah, they yeah. they didn't solely use people who were from that world like Gillian is she'd never done improv no, before no. She and stuff and and I find that quite interesting
0: watching it again I can you tell no no not at all watching it again I suddenly realised because Mike obviously comes from improv and must have had a troupe and I was like there's someone watching this going he didn't even fucking cast me he just got Gillian to play yeah, me I, yeah. I was what? like there must be someone, someone who's supposed to be those people and they're not in it like maybe they don't want to, they've gone into writing. But I was like, oh, well, they weren't famous enough. Because obviously... Um, or maybe they're too to, famous now. And maybe they're too famous, He wants yeah. to
1: sell the film as part Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. who knows? I have got to think about that, haven't you?
0: Because, uh, yeah, G-Gillian, Gillian, Gillian yes. Jacobs yes. is... Yes, Gillian, is, um, is it? And, yeah. uh, you know, has been in community and it is a massive comedy. So yeah. I thought there must be a girl out there being like, thanks, Mike, that's my fucking character. Wow. <laughs>
1: so what about the rest of the guys? Because I love... The only people I don't know are... um the chap who wears glasses. So and, that's Chris Gethard,
0: yeah. who has an amazing podcast. does he? Oh my God, Chris Gethard. Well, he has a phone and anyone can ring him. He just gives the number, tells you when he's going to pick up by this phone and then he just has a phone call with that completely security. random stranger. I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's, so, so intense. intense we'll find
1: it linked link to the notes. yeah it's so and there's a
0: really good episode where someone rings him and they're like they're quite young and they're like I'm doing improv and I really don't know what to do like every, I don't know if I should give it up and he just talks them through like being a performer and what it means and how hard it is for an hour yeah, uh, yeah so Chris is there on gas and he's done a lot of comedy
1: stuff so Kate McCucci I know from uh, Hall & Oates um, the the smaller lady.
0: Oh yeah, I actually didn't know
1: him. Oh, she, her. Yeah. Because she's she's got. A, she used to have a show. It was on net. It was on Netflix called of Notes. Oh. So they're like the female version of Flight of the Concords. Oh, and it's right. oh, wow. it's amazing. So Is if it? you can find out, because obviously it's this Writing play on of Notes. Yeah yeah no, yeah. Holler Notes. Holler no, not, Notes,
2: yeah. No, it's not Holler Notes. I can go for that. I'll find yeah. it. Yeah. No,
1: Garfunkel and Notes is called. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah see I
0: was like, Holler like, Notes yeah, are yeah. the real. Yeah, the real exactly. People. Yeah, so just yeah. playing
1: Simon Garfunkel. Yeah, so. And
0: then Keeve. Oh, what? Keegan
1: Michael Key. Keeve.
0: Yeah, Keegan Michael Key, Obviously. Yeah. See, like, it
2: looks like The Rock's younger brother. I yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <There's> real
0: <laughs> similarity between those That two. joke about The Rock was good. <laughs> when <you> say, yeah, <laughs> slim, fast, rock, yeah. pebble. I really like that. I think they'd all worked in. They'd all basically worked in yeah. comedy. I mean, even though Gillian Jacobs, I don't think has as much improv background. She has been in community, so
1: that's a that was a huge thing. Which well, if you haven't seen, least, is yeah. such
0: a such a good uh, such a good comedy show. So yeah, they all come from a like hardcore comedy background. I think which it, it helps. But yeah, I'm. I'm fascinated by the way they filmed the improv. Mm. Like that for me was watching it. Because improv is really hard to film because it's such a live thing, you know, and when you have you know, Ostentatious have a DVD available to buy. And um, I think it kind of works, but we filmed it like in the theatre. You can very much tell it's a filmed theatre gig. But it's hard the way they've captured those like sort of small, intimate... To go guy
2: in Steadicam, wasn't it? it? Yeah,
0: But even like, I was wondering how much of that was scripted and how much was improvised and how much yeah. you let them play with it. Because sometimes the punchlines are so... They feel like improv punchlines, which is a really different thing to a scripted sketch punchline. It's just a different sense of of well,
2: rhythm and humour yeah well with the film obviously there's a narrative that the film has to tell yeah you know, exactly they have to
0: hit points within yeah. the
2: narrative of the film that yeah. then that improv has got to hit yeah you know and, and so he
0: must have scripted it quite tight but I feel like there's he, because they're all so funny I was like you must have let them play around I think we would
1: let them play Helen what are your thoughts on Don't Think Twice
3: I really enjoyed it had you seen it before I hadn't no I I
0: had
1: seen it I've either. not even yeah, yeah. Heard, of I've of not it. heard of it I've not even heard
3: of it It's like I said
0: amongst the improvers it's a big thing but yeah. it is like not didn't yeah not a big hit
3: (laughs) but no I really enjoyed it and um I didn't I kind of got caught up in it and I didn't really think about which might have been scripted and what was actually improv and I mean that's definitely me as an improviser watching it being like
0: oh what's that would they know that yeah yeah exactly but I watching it again for this I got really caught up in it like much more than I'd think the first time because the first time I was like oh it's not like that here and oh that's in yeah I was being very technical about it. Whereas the set, watching it for this, I was like, I cared so much about Sam and Jack and their relationship. And yeah.
2: And it's a different type of. So it's obviously, you know, improv is the theme of the film yeah. as opposed to films that are improvised. Yes, exactly. So like all of Christopher Guest's films. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So things like.
1: Kirby Enthusiasm is. Yeah,
2: Best in Show and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's much more structured
0: like- than anything. It's much more tighter than those Christopher Guest ones where they're so enjoyable but you're watching a bunch of characters sort of muck around whereas this is he's really trying to tell I think he's really trying to tell what it's like to grow up really that's what I think he's using improv as a, a conduit to yeah. what happens when you realise you need to grow up and and improv has and this is true for England and America you get a lot of people doing it exactly like Miles like that that cliche of being a, a man still kind of living in student digs, sleeping with your students <laughs> I know People that. I'm so aware of that in the yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's naming no names. When, yeah. So universal. when you're watching
1: that in the cinema, you're thinking, Oh, that's that's Jeff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no names, Kobe. <laughs> if you're listening, Jeff, it's not you. Um,
1: so we've we've talked about um, I guess we think a problem one problem in modern cinema is improvisation being let to Let's run wild in a film and kind of overtaking oh, like a scene like or... Anchorman
3: 2.
0: Yeah. Something like oh, that. Oh, see, I I adored every second of Anchorman 2 because I loved like, how much they were mucking around. Yeah. Mm. But then I had that... Again, I went to see it with a bunch of comedians and there was a big group of us. And I think if I'd watched it by myself, I don't know if I'd enjoyed it so much, but we were like,
2: you can see it. them mucking
0: around. <laughs> like, we loved it. But yeah, I appreciate What
2: about think, Im- improv like, outside of comedy? Films,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm very proud. <laughs> very
2: pro it. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? Can you give well, me some the most serious ones. Yeah, like Blue Valentine. Oh right, sure. With with Michelle Williams and, and Ryan Gosling, so much of that was improv. Wow. Like the scene where they're in the street and he plays the ukulele and she tap dances. That was all. Michelle had no idea that he was going to have the ukulele and play the song, and that was just wow. like yeah, so. Derek fan's director had said to Ryan, can you play any instruments? And he was like, yeah, I'm in this, net.
0: So then I'm incredibly and beautiful. I can probably play. I don't play. Need to. <laughs>
2: uh, But yeah, so he played the ukulele and he was like, learn a couple of songs, but don't tell Michelle. Wow. And then that kind of thing as well. And then Scorsese kind of, you know, historically, yeah. you know, well, encourages improv. Well, all of it, like yeah. the, that scene between De Niro and Pesci at the kitchen table and Raging Bull, t- entirely improvised. Right the scene in The Departed with um, Leo and Jack Nicholson where he, he's accused of being a rat where he pulls out the gun. Leo had no idea <sighs> that he oh had God. a gun, all that kind of stuff. No idea, all improv. So yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's interesting in terms of you don't really hear it talked about. much. I think a lot of people think improv comedy.
0: Yeah, that's true. Although I guess we have Mike Lee he was probably. Yeah. But then his process, I know, is, is yeah, improvised, but again, structured, and people are given information, not given information. Yeah. I think it's the thing. I think certain people we allow to do it, but I think it's much more accepted in, in America. It's much yeah. more taught in their in their sort of drama education and their, you know, especially within comedy, everybody's done it. Whereas here you have comedians and actors that have never really done it and don't don't know who Del Close is, who for them is like the god of their improv improv world. Um, So yeah, I do think it's much more respected as a technique over there. Whereas here, I think we're such lovers of words and we come from such a background. Our improv background is Keith Johnston starting at the Royal Court, working within theatre and it became a rehearsal technique. So I think that English brain is very like, it's a wonderful skill and tool, but... Isn't it wonderful to write it down? It's a practice. <laughs> it's a practice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think they seem to have that slightly more relaxed feel for things yeah, as well. Yeah. 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 Um, it just sounds fun. It's yeah. so much fun. I
1: did an improv weekend. Did yeah, you? Yeah. With the spontaneity what? shop.
0: Oh, amazing spontaneity shop. Who's set up by Deborah Francis White yes, of the Guilty exactly. Feminist
2: fame? Yeah.
1: I thought. Uh, I saw it. I saw it listed down. I thought. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm gonna have a go. It's such, it's, you enjoyed it, it's great. Oh, of course, yeah. Everyone's. What did everyone you learn it?
2: from it? What do you think? What did you? What What, what did you take away from it? Do you think? I
1: took away from it to not really worry about what I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. So one big thing I have is like I think through the words. Like I was almost see them written down on the wall before I before I say them. Oh wow! And um, that kind of stops me from saying anything sometimes. So it's just yeah. kind of like, let it flow out. And if you say something wrong, then it doesn't really matter at the end of the day.
0: That's the great thing about it. Like it's such, and people teach it in like corporate spaces and mm. work, you know, office, because that bit, at the beginning of this film where they, they basically say what it is, like the idea of finding agreement with people, like I think is, you don't need to be an improviser to find that useful. Uh, mm-hmm. Like being able to find agreement is fundamentally how we connect as humans and how we survive and how we are not low isolated like that's why and that's why people what this film captures really well is how cultish improv is like once people get into it they fucking love it like (laughs) and I used to teach it and you would see some people like they come and do a class and they're like oh this is fun and bye but other people they get this look in their eye and they come up to you and they're like what else can I read and see and do how can I how can I don't think twice I don't yeah I don't teach anymore just because of uh, time time (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and child yeah. make that a lot but uh, yeah I, I've taught quite yeah quite a few comedians working now and I, I loved it like that bit the scene where she's teaching is <laughs> again that's a very classic that oh, got first such time a time
1: teacher uh,
0: no that guy who's like no you don't have it. it's a fish shut up you're wrong and then Michael yeah. Bigler's is like okay yeah. okay um, let's try and agree like that's just classic improv one I want when normally what happens is someone's like oh welcome to my shop it's not a shop you're an idiot you're surfing <laughs> oh and then you're like okay
1: guys need to work together yeah yeah it's it's the team thing I think really kind of came out of this and it's great to see um, after his dad died I mean even you know when the first went to hospital everyone went together to see see his dad that was super warming and when Mm -hmm. they you know, started to work about you know saying thank you about you know
0: thank about, um... you <laughs> about his dying father. Yeah, his dying father. <laughs> very funny.
1: That was I think things like that were the, the, the parts of super sweet and yeah. Jack not wanting to go back to his super successful comedy gig because he wants to hang out with his friends yeah, at the last minute and things like that. So um... it was
0: yeah that really that really got me and having, Ostentatious has been going for eight years and we are, it's like a family. Yeah. And I also know very well Showstopper who do an improvised musical also yeah. in the West End and we always, they're like little families and if you hung out with us It's weird. It's like, it's weird. We, I mean, me and Joseph Morpurgo, another comedian, we fight like brother and sister. Like, it's embarrassing sometimes. I'll speak to him. Like, he's my, like, just like, fuck you, what the hell have you done? Pick up your shit. And then the next minute, we just absolutely love. There's no, it's utterly family. And I think when you, the thing that improv does is you're constantly playing people's family. Mm -hmm. So you're on stage being their wife, their sister, their daughter, their strange old neighbor. And your brain starts to think, I am deeply connected to this person because I have pretended to be over and over and over again, and it just bleeds off stage. So that scene where they all go and they're all joking—that was—I've com- com- been in those situations. Like you, you are when you are in, in an improv group, you are a family, and that's why that scene where Sam just doesn't want them to go is so sad because yeah. you're like that girl has no family, and they have become her family. Like, it's, so, yeah.
1: So you guys who haven't done the imp- haven't, don't know much about the improv side of things. So what did you make of it? As a, as a film. Generally.
3: So I kind of saw it as a film more about friendship yeah, than, yeah. and growing apart. and um, So I it mean, can be translated
1: a... into any different industry, you reckon?
3: Um, no, not the industry. The kind of the improv thing was the thing that brought them all together. But what kind of kept them together was the relationships that they had with one another. Mm. And then it kind of reached a point where they could no longer all be in the same situation yeah. and they had to give out the hard truths oh yeah, yeah That's I mean, kind of like yeah. right. and you know you're like this is never going to be the same again yeah. and you're kind of sad that they're saying goodbye to it as well because you've really got to know them and you're, you're like you really care for them but you know that they have to make these decisions they have to do these things or they, they can't move on and then it kind of has a nice happy ending as well
0: yeah which it's is nice, sweet isn't it? it it's not it's sort of a slice of life film isn't it you're yeah. just with them for that bit and then, yeah it's like, and life moves I, on yeah I'd say it's like a, a quite nice if you're not if you don't want to be too stressed it's quite a good film it's kind of like a chill chill the, film the, the,
3: so, the solo performance as well that she gives where the um, she's on her own
0: oh she yeah that's last,
3: so um, good the last isn't it? one yeah, and, yeah. and the building's closing as well so it's all of these things are kind of happening yeah. externally to them, but having such a massive impact on their group.
0: Which is also true because in New York, UCB, uh, which is the school that Amy Poehler founded with these three other guys, and they used to play in like an absolute ex-strip bar shithole for $5. And then the UCB got bigger and bigger and bits of New York got more, you know, gentr- gentrified and they've had to like move out. I think they're still in the same place, UCB, but they've opened another one. But that, that idea of like not being able to perform, so you've lost your home yeah. is is a yeah, just very relatable. One. I love how much they capture that idea that you are friends with a group of people for a time in your life, but you don't always know like you don't always know that's what's happening until it's gone. I yeah, think that's yeah, what, like yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. realize
2: you're, in, so, in it at the you're moment. so in it. You're just
0: yeah. like and those photos they show of them all having fun and just mucking around and you're like, oh none of them realised that was their twenties. They were just living and suddenly they've hit that point it was like, oh it's it's finished.
2: Yeah, that's what I really took from it was that kind of thing from, you know, because being someone who's kind of moved about in life, so coming from a little fishing village, going to university in Edinburgh and then coming to London and having different pockets of friendships from different places and Mm. different things of that kind of thing, how as people as we grow and we develop and we change and we become successful or we take detours or whatever and stuff, those friendships are tested and... You know, and and distance can grow between those friendships and stuff, and whether or not they can be pulled back together or not, and reshaped and taken forwards and stuff. And I, I love that kind of side of it as well.
0: Yeah, it was so. And that said, second time watching it, I was like, oh god, this is more poignant. I think the first time I was so excited to see it's anything, impro- yeah, it's like yeah. it was my world. I was like, oh my god, I've been there. Um, the, the poignancy and I thought the relationship between Sam and Jack was dealt with really well mm. because I loved that it wasn't like that scene where she's doing it on her own and then Jack's like I'm not going to leave you and she's like it's already over obviously no spoilers because you've seen it um, <laughs> but I really loved that um, they didn't make him the arsehole they didn't make it simple as like oh he's now famous he doesn't want to be with her and I thought it was such a nice thing that it was like he was still in a way trying to hang on to the past and yeah. take take her Are with within. him yeah. when she didn't want to go. Yeah. She just didn't want to. And that's
1: great that she she was like actually I didn't want to go. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm happy here. I like that Two as a female character yeah. and that was the
0: way they took it as well. Yeah. It was really yeah. I thought that as well as a female you know sort of romantic lead essentially that she was actually just she was in control she was in control and I thought it was so interesting because I've met comedians you know or people like that who are so driven and want that want that big thing so much they can't understand why anyone else wouldn't Mm. that idea of like but why wouldn't you want to be on the biggest on Saturday Night Live that's what we're all here for and that you could see that Sam just that's not what she was ever in the group for like it was friendship and family and
1: we hear people uh, comedians talking about The Office like, yeah. like Americans talking about well why are there only like 12 episodes plus extras yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Like, two other episodes they don't understand that maybe that's what Ricky wanted to do Is like, yeah. and that's the story he wanted to tell Yeah. and they're like with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia we're on the 10th season with 12 episodes per season they're like just churning out as much as yeah. they can do but it's a different it's a different mindset it's different people but we have to go onto the scores now guys I think oh
3: yeah sure <laughs> welcome to the spreadsheet of dreams so (laughs) our scoring system is all out of five yep you can go to decimal places if you wish oh
2: blimey oh god
3: (laughs) and uh fractions (laughs) don't confuse the spreadsheet we'll start with you uh cariad with the recommendability out of five so how much you'd recommend this um i would i would i would recommend it i think you just have to be in the right mood and have to accept that
0: it's it's just a kind of nice light film you you know you're not gonna it's not gonna change your world but it would definitely entertain you um, so I would go I'd go 4.9 just with a small caveat that it it's not like it might not be your thing if it's because it's quite light isn't it you know yeah so somebody might be like why did she recommend this to me like this is not the most imp- I'm, if I'm a, if you're super busy maybe watch another film if you've <laughs> never seen any films <laughs> I don't want this to be your first <laughs> thing I recommend to you. Uh,
2: okay. I'm going to go with 3.5. Mm. Why, why are going 3.5? Um, because, uh, uh, I, I liked it, but I, it is quite niche. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, it's it, and I think that you almost have to, you have to not put the... Yeah, because I got the friendship thing from it rather than the kind of... But now from talking about it, I kind of want to watch it again to focus more on it just being that, you know, that world that it's kind of talking about. But I enjoyed it. I didn't kind of want to turn it off. Yeah. I think people will find it a really fun, light, insightful kind of introduction to that world if you don't know it as well. And a really nice kind of reflection on friendship as well, I think. Yeah. Helen? Oh.
3: Um, I'm going to go for a four. I actually really enjoyed this. Okay. More, than, more than I was kind of thinking. I was like, <laughs> oh, improv comedy. <laughs> um, oh.
0: Welcome to my world.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, the more I kind of got to know these characters, I I just really enjoyed that time that I spent with them. And for, for me, the improv was sort of the outer bit and I was just really enjoying their relationship and all of like the little journey that they all go yeah. on yeah. throughout the, the whole thing and um bonus Ben Stiller in there as well I <laughs> yeah, uh, do like yeah. to see Ben Stiller Still in a film that. so yeah. that kind of uh bumped it up a little bit but yeah if any if anyone <laughs> that would have been me, 4,
1: 3.8 without Ben Stiller
3: you probably yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if anyone was to say to me oh uh should I watch don't think twice then I would say yeah yeah you should yeah yeah
1: I'm going to go 4.5. Um, I haven't heard well, about the I film before. Bad. No, I feel bad. No, I think no, it's no. fair. I
3: think it's, got it's got fair
0: because it is It is niche. niche. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely
1: niche. Um, and I love the whole improv and I love how people, that's, that they, a lot of comedians in the states particularly feel it's a legitimate career pathways almost going to ucb in second city as like college yeah yeah, this, yeah, yeah. comedy college to by it, adam mckay and and if you boom.
2: hadn't done improv would you have given it such a high school yeah because I, I mean
0: <laughs> he understood on a different level because <laughs> yeah. he'd done a weekend course yes. yeah. see? so now i Knows know it, it. yeah now yeah, I yeah. Know see he, he <laughs> yes and did the, yes. <laughs> the recommending yeah.
1: um and i love like i said Four out of six of those people I know really well from different. Yeah. King and Michael Key, Mike Babiglia, Kate Micucci, um, and Gillian Jacobs. I've seen in other different places and just love every single time I see them pop up. So already bad for Gillian. Yeah. I it's only
0: because nice I I love community so much. Have a nice so warm feeling. I feeling when it yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's like it's your, like seeing your friends doing stuff in different places, and also on the friendship side of things was the, the bit that really kind of gelled it together. And to there's me, there's not many
0: films about friendship in that mm, way as yeah. well. Friendship group
1: because I transposed myself and my friends and I could see like the like the lady who got the gig as a writer yeah Lindsay, the yeah. I could see so many of my friends in that who kind of quiet yeah
2: and the male and female friends as well it's kind of you know it's either male friends or female friends it's never that mix yeah that mix which you
0: get in an improv group because you
2: try and have a mixed group so
0: that's you end up having like yeah we have four boys and four girls in so that's why I think it becomes like brothers and sisters yeah it's it's that thing
1: Um, repeat viewing score
0: um, well I have to say initially I was I was worried having seen it once I thought god do I really want to watch this again and watching it twice I, I'd i say five because I really enjoyed it a second time
1: so how many times do you think you're going to watch it every year kind of thing or no, touch base for the community uh,
0: no but if I watched it again I, d- I definitely would would be if it came on a plane I'd be very happy
2: sure yeah if, what do you what am I basing the repeat viewing score on yeah, <laughs> she's people, a tough scorer we know change. that already yeah.
3: so um, I mean it's if you've seen it more than once, if you've seen it 20 times, then you're you're going to have a particularly high repeat viewing. And if having watched it this time, you're like, yeah, I could definitely watch that again. It yeah. would be quite high. But for some films, it's like, I, I'm not going to go watch it No, I
2: would watch again. It's the first time I watched it and I would probably watch it again, but I'm not sure I'd watch it again after that. Sure. So what would I give that? That's,
1: that's, <laughs> that's a fair to middling score, I would yeah. have thought. yeah. I'm uh, not gonna go with 3.5 surely, <laughs> <a day, should laughs> no? I think you Christ. should. I think really, you should. My yeah. sure.
2: three point five. Right, yeah. that's me for a second.
1: Because it's, it's the first time you watch it, so you can't. I might have surprise that you on, on the it. small yeah. screen. Sure. <laughs> hold, hold fire. Hold
2: fire.
1: Oh, that's true.
3: Actually, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Helen, um, I think I'm with Edith on this one. A three point five. Um, I'm not in a rush to watch it again, but I, um, I probably would go back to this because you know there's some good jokes in it, and yeah. I just really liked being part of that group for an hour and a half.
1: I'm going to go um, 3.5 with you guys as well. I think it's a super easy light film to watch and it's... It's just an hour and a half, folks. Yeah, yeah that's half. what I think. I it's a bonus, that. Really yeah.
0: nice light. Like, it's just a nice light lunch. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. It's
1: one of the things, if, if, I was, if I was scrolling through Netflix and was like, oh, I want to put something on, uh, but I don't think twice.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, like, oh, I've just yeah. put the kids okay. down. It's yeah. half eight. They're finally asleep. An hour and a half. I could be asleep by 10. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. exactly.
0: And it's not, and it's gentle. So you're not going to be like, oh, God, I feel a bit weird now I've watched that. I can't yeah. sleep. You're going to be like, yeah, just go to sleep. I've <laughs> got no problems.
1: you got some cringy, uh, scenes though I don't my wife was like she was like trying to peel her skin away at some point (laughs)
0: Uh, I'm so used to it with performers I was like that's normal behaviour
1: small screen score then carry on.
0: well I'd say five because it doesn't have any massive effects that Mm. you are feeling like god I wish that I was watching I recently watched um, Roma Mm. Uh, which it was so brilliant but the whole time I was like God I think I should be watching this not on my laptop um, yeah. but this is definitely one of those films you can absolutely watch on a plain yeah. on a plain screen size and it would be exactly the same
1: way. well we've, we've had Roma in, we have, in yeah. the pod um, and that was the exact yeah, thing no, no like, surprises like, everything's yeah. amazing yeah. but I wish I'd seen it on the yeah. biggest oh, screen yeah. ever so beautiful ever but yeah made. this
0: is not affected by the size of your laptop
1: no.
2: i five.
0: get oh, she's she's done it She's broken free. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I wasn't surprised. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs>
0: classic <laughs>
3: film, yeah. Yeah, I it's think. classic,
1: isn't it? It's yeah. Classic telly
3: one. It'd yeah. be fine. Helen. Yeah, a five from me. Um, again, this is like one of the really nice things when we do this podcast is we get introduced to these films that we've never heard before, yeah. and we're like, "It's really good. Yeah, <laughs> We yeah. really like it." And it's on Netflix, and you know, we're saying lots of lovely things. So um, yeah, it's there. Go watch it.
1: Yeah, uh, five for myself as well. I think perfect for <sighs> good work. Don't think twice. Perfect for, for the Netflix arena. Even iPad on the way, maybe not yeah. iPad on the way to work.
3: Well, iPad maybe, not, not your phone. Not, not phone. I
0: watched some on my phone and I still enjoyed it.
2: I watched it on my phone.
0: Yeah. And it, it was fine.
3: It was great. No nice. smaller than your phone. <laughs> yeah. No.
1: What's Eight. smaller than your phone? Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Apple yeah. Watch. Um, Carrie, the engagement score. Um,
0: yeah, I have to say, having watched it tw- I would answer differently having watched it once. I didn't think it would engage me. I was a bit worried. I thought, oh God, um, am I going to enjoy it this the second time around? But I'd, I would say five. I... Ended up not being able to do much else. I thought, I'll put it on in the background, sure. get some work done. I've already seen it. And then I ended up standing over my bed with my laptop, just standing there <laughs> thinking, <laughs> oh, I was just going to go and get the washing out, but I want to see what Jack says. So yeah, I'd say five. It really engaged me second. in second uh, time.
1: Edith? Going <laughs> with 3.5
2: again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you know what you like? Stick to it, Edith. Yeah.
2: Yeah. How I long. mean, yeah. yeah go now I was just going to say, you know, kind of for similar reasons for the... The repeat viewing really and and my re- recommendability recommendability recommendability. Yeah. recommendability
3: uh i think i'm going to go uh 3.7 um, because i did sort of get into a little bit of oh who's this person where I might i've seen them yeah. a little bit on the phone who were you looking for and stella um, ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. <laughs> <laughs> um the the Key. other... Yes. Keegan-Michael Keegan. michael yes. keegan michael Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah um, because, from
0: Key and
3: Peele. Yeah and, yeah. and then I did end up like lining up some of that to watch while well, I was well, still Key watching it. Keegan Key and Peele on, oh, on YouTube. Keegan Key and Peele is yeah. so, oh. so good. It's so, so beautiful, isn't so it? So fucking good, Key and Peele.
0: Yeah. It's actually, I quite like, because he's so silly in Key and Peele. It's quite mm. nice. Him playing a very sort of kind of serious...
2: Naturalistic character in this.
1: Well, it's also like with with uh, Jordan Peele, how yeah. he's made Get Out and us looks terrifying as well.
2: I just watched Get Out again yesterday actually because I'm I'm speaking to Jordan on th- tomorrow. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, it's what a brilliant career.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I know a pair of them. It's
2: amazing,
1: amazing, isn't it? absolutely yeah, amazing. On the yeah, well, we've talked about Get Out as well on a, on a on a previous episode. So yeah, do look out for that.
2: That's a great, yeah. uh, a it's, great... scored
1: super high, I think. Yeah, that's did, a, yeah. a repeat view and yeah. I'd be 10 for that. That was, that was... Um, yeah, we'll talk about that Don't like yeah. tell Mike yeah. the big one. Yeah. It's <laughs> <Yeah.
0: Just> coming <laughs> up. Uh, not only is your film Sorry, not as Mike. successful as Jordan Peele's. Sorry. We wouldn't recommend
1: it. Let's go. Yeah, engagement score. I... I couldn't really pull away from it, so I'm going to give it a four. Um, not super engaged all the way through. I was I was trying to work out who the guy with glasses was and Lindsay <laughs> and the character played Lindsay. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to do it without AMD being because uh, I couldn't resist. Yeah, yeah, you that's can, fair. pulling the app out. Um, four for that. That's
0: good. It's very engaging.
1: And that gives us an overall score of four point two eight, which is Which is steep. Which is really good. Oh, oh is that good? Yeah. good.
0: Good work. Uh, five. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I definitely bumped it up. And I chose it, so that makes sense. (laughs) It'd be weird if I was like, it was awful. No,
1: we have people who pick something and think, yeah, Netflix told us to. And then they bring it in here. And And they're like, we didn't watch this before
0: we picked it. Oh, Oh, no, I was very, wanted to make sure it wasn't (laughs) really awful.
1: Um, So we always ask people when we, before we go to the recording, we reach out to guys on Twitter and put a little shout out saying, hey, we're reviewing in this case, (gasps) Don't Think Twice, with Carriad from Griefcast and Edith um, from Soundtrack in UK. These are your Twitter handles. Um, if, have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts for um, on-air Out and flicks watch. And we got a decent response for this. I didn't because I hadn't known. I hadn't known the yeah. film before. I didn't think anyone was going to respond. So we've got <laughs> guys, a, a it, good was,
0: it was quite a big <laughs> cult hit when it came out. Some people like improv.
1: So, uh, Karen, can you lead lead us out with the reviews, the comments from Twitter?
0: Uh, (laughs) I can it's quite the handle Uh, Scheitgeist said uh, interesting premise and cast well observed but doesn't leave a lasting impression two theatre emojis well Scheitgeist I disagree with you it did leave a lasting (laughs) impression Scheitgeist is a great
1: handle uh, uh, Edith
2: Um, this is from Top Film Tip Yep. Uh, it says improv troops tight knit community phrase. See what he did there. When one member is picked up for TV stardom, insightful character led creatives, uh, drama day. Uh, hashtag don't think twice. Interesting if unfocused look at world of performance artists. Glad to have seen, but don't feel the need to re watch three out of five. Helen.
3: this is from I want you to watch this in caps Um, we did this one a while back a great movie on relationships and knowing when it's time to move on or stay where you are and let someone else (laughs) move on and then they go I'd give this one five stars
1: yep Uh, Karen do you want to take the last one
0: uh, this is from the Mafia Minute we both watched this for at Amanda Pick show a couple of years ago and really liked it the portrayal of the world of improv ended up being accurate to Stephen's experience too five emoji stars with little uh, flashes around them uh, who's Stephen I, I don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah yeah Stephen. Mafia
1: Minute can you tell us who Stephen is And I guess he's us. an
0: improviser as well yeah. is what I, I, I would assume but it's funny because I honestly wouldn't have thought watching it again I'd not enjoyed it so much mm. and I was very surprised about how much I I enjoyed it watching it again but then i haven't seen a film really for about two years because i have a child so i've only just like watching them again so i do worry that my standards are really low <laughs> no i think you're all right with
1: this yeah I think okay, generally, yeah. okay good, good
0: good good the mood it's- in the room is. yeah, yeah you're yeah, right you good. liked it's it yeah. Yeah, yeah it's shine, really shy
1: gas and top film tip a bit lukewarm but, yeah. uh, but i
0: think if they watched it again they might disagree that's yeah. what i think it's a genuinely lovely film
1: it's interesting those guys focused on the premise of the film rather than the mm. kind of friendships where i think that's where it kind yeah. of elevates it from yeah definitely
0: definitely
1: okay i can you guys um, sign off and tell us where everyone can find you online?
0: Uh, you can find me at The Griefcast on Twitter or at Carad Lloyd on Instagram, and you can download The Griefcast from where you get your pods.
1: Fantastic. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we're at Soundtracking UK on Twitter and Instagram um, and online at the website edithbowman.com. So, and your usual downloadable forums, and, <laughs> not forums, platforms,
1: yeah. iTunes and the like. All that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and do. Definitely visit you. Both of you guys have live shows happening of different different formats. So go and visit you guys. And if you're in London, buy tickets. Thanks, please. please. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Please don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us your five star review and do follow us on social media. We are at pod on Twitter.
3: Special thanks to our awesome editor, Brendan Russell, for making this episode sound so sweet. And thanks to the mighty people for the tunes you can hear.